There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Well, it's another Monday the Lord has given us for the podcast. We certainly are thankful for each of you that download the podcast each and every day. And uh, just a little bit of an update, we'll be heading to New York this week. Uh, we'll be Wednesday night, Thursday Bible study, and then uh, throughout the weekend we're preaching different times at the Black Creek Baptist Church in Black Creek, New York. And so we want to make you feel welcome to tune in there. Those messages will be available after the fact, Lord willing, on one soul at a time.net. And so if you listen to this a little bit later in the week, uh, maybe it's not Monday, but later on, Make sure you tune into onesoulofthetime.net, and uh, you can hear the sermons as they were preached live at the Black Creek Baptist Church. We'll begin this week dealing with Psalm 6 again, but we're going to be looking down at verse 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10. And a lot of these verses kind of run together in the theme or the context of what we're talking about here. I know we've dug fairly deep into this scripture, but as we've dug in, we've expounded words, we've expounded phrases, we've seen Jesus Christ, and many of these phrases will be used later on in Scripture. We will not have to dig again into them. Neither will we gloss over them, but just kind of refresh us, because oftentimes the Word of God uses the same expression over and over and over again to reveal to us that common theme, which is the person of Jesus Christ. Here in Psalm 6, in verse 6, he said, I am weary with my groaning. With the Lord's help today, we want to look at the groaning of Jesus Christ. All the night make at my bed to swim, I water my couch with my tears. There we see the tears of Jesus Christ. They accompany the groanings of Jesus Christ. Verse 7 says, Mine eye is consumed because of grief, and waxeth old because of all mine enemies. Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity, for the Lord hath heard the voice of my weeping. The Lord hath heard my supplication. The Lord will receive my prayer. Let all mine enemies be ashamed and sore vexed. Let them return and be ashamed suddenly. And so we see the word of God here shows us that with groaning accompanies tears, accompanies long nights, accompanies the consumption of the eye because of grief. And then he said, for the Lord hath heard the voice of my weeping, that weeping, uh, great heated tears. And we see this in the person of Jesus Christ. David the psalmist is prophesying of one to come, and we see the groanings of Jesus Christ. Now, just to define groaning, let me just run a couple of references here, and I'll start in Exodus chapter 2. The Word of God gives us some understanding of that word groaning in Exodus 2 and verse 23. And the Word of God said, It came to pass in process of time that the king of Egypt died, and the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage. And they cried, and their cry came unto God by reason of the bondage. And the word of God says in verse 24, And God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel, and God had respect 
unto them. So they sighed by reason of the bondage. Then the Bible says they cried. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. And their cry came up unto God by reason of their bondage. And then the word of God said, and God heard their groaning. We have a God in heaven that hears the voice of his people. They weren't murmuring. They were not complaining. They were under heavy bondage. They were laden down in bondage. And we'll see that later in the week in the sufferings of Christ. That bondage is a suffering for the saints of God even today. If we suffer with Christ, we'll also reign with him. And part of that is being in bondage. Part of that is being in servitude, not just to Jesus Christ, but being in servitude to others, being in servitude to the unrighteous of this world, and the groaning that comes along with that bondage. We see in Acts chapter 7 and verse 34, the word of God says here, as of course the word of God is being preached by Stephen, and he said, I have seen, I have seen the affliction of my people, which is in Egypt. I have heard their groaning and then come down to deliver them. And now come, I will send thee into Egypt. And so we see that the word of God told us in the book of Acts, God heard their groaning. And the word of God then said this and came down to deliver them. And so God responded to the groans, if you will, of his people. Another reference we need to look at to understand a little bit about groaning is in Romans chapter 8 and verse 22. The word of God says, for we know that the whole creation groaneth. Why? The creation is in bondage. Creation is not what God made it to be. Sin has corrupted the world. And so the bondage of corruption is what verse 21 says about it. But it says, we know the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. That's something the Word of God tells us. Each of the saints of God is a groaning within us to redeem this vile flesh, to redeem this corrupted body, to redeem, that is, to adopt this body into Christ. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he hope for? Yet if we hope for that which we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we shall pray as we ought, for this, but the Spirit maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And so we know that the creation groaneth. We know that this body groaneth within us. There's a groaning that the Lord hears. Our Father hears through that spirit of adoption. He hears the cries of his children. He hears the groaning for the redemption of this body. Then the Word of God also tells us that the Spirit maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And so he's making intercession, the word of God tells us, according to the will of God. And so he himself is groaning on our behalf. Why, we don't know what we ought to pray for. Right, listen, I've used this illustration many, many times, and I don't want it too personal with people, but the reality is we might be praying, Lord, would you help this hangnail? Would you help me with the pain of this hangnail? And you know, what we don't understand is we have bone cancer. That's what's causing the problem. Another example I've used is, you know, we might be praying along the lines of a physical healing for someone else and not realizing their problem is a spiritual problem. And so we pray to the best of our understanding, the best of our knowledge, but within us, the Spirit of God groaning on our behalf, we're looking for the redemption of the body, but can I say he's looking for a total redemption for us, deliverance from this wicked world as Jesus Christ prayed for us in John 17, and so he is groaning on our behalf. Second Corinthians, look at a text there in chapter 5 
And again, we're talking about that groaning. Let me just look at a couple places here briefly. But 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 2. For if this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. That's that redemption of this body. If so be that being clothed, we should not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up in life. And so again, we're not looking just for the grave, but we're looking for redemption from this vile body. We're looking for that one that when he comes, we shall see him as he is, and we shall be like him. Listen, as you get older in life and the more hurts, the pains, uh, we understand the physical ailments of the body. But can I say to you what I believe he's talking about even more so here is the affliction of our flesh. The fact that our flesh hates God, our flesh is against God, our flesh reviles the things of God, our flesh is self-serving, our flesh does the things we ought not to do, the things we don't want to do. That's why the Apostle Paul said he doesn't want to serve sin, has that wrestling within himself, that wrestling within his body. That's why the book of James in chapter 5 and verse 11 says, Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job. And have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. So we've heard of the patience of Job. Why is he speaking of Job? Because verse 10 says, Take my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord, for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. And so he tells us, Would you consider the prophets? Look at Job and his suffering. Use that as an example. Look at Isaiah when he was humiliated, having to walk around naked, prophesying against Israel. Look at Jeremiah when he's put down under the under the arms, those old rags into the dungeon, and there he is in the mire of the dungeon. And look at the suffering of those men of God, those that suffered for the cause of Christ, those Old Testament saints of God. Let them be an example to us. So as we groan in our bodies, and we groan for redemption, creation is groaning, but the Spirit is groaning upon our behalf. We saw in the book of Judges, when Israel was afflicted, the word of God said they were oppressed and vexed them. So what happened? They ended up groaning because of that affliction. Job said in Job 23 and verse 2, he said, this is heavier than my groaning. He's carrying a burden that his groaning would not even relieve him, will not even give him any kind of relief. And he's looking for a relief. And now in Psalms 38, we'll go back to Jesus Christ, and that's, the, of course, the study of the Word of God as a whole, but certainly in our Messianic Psalms. In Psalm 38, verse 9, a companion to Psalm 6, once again, he said, Lord, all my desire is before thee, and my groaning is not hid from thee. What is that groaning? It's the groaning of Jesus Christ. He said, I am weary with my groaning. He is suffering in this flesh. He is suffering as an evildoer in this flesh, yet he's not an evildoer. He's suffering as an evildoer. He is suffering because he's been made sin for us who knew no sin. And so now his groaning comes before the Father. And here's his prayer in Psalm 38, another under the Psalm of David. He said, my groaning is not hid from thee. And then he makes that wonderful statement. He said, my heart panteth. My strength faileth me, as for the light of mine eyes, it also is gone from me. My lovers and my friends stand aloof from my sore, and my kinsmen stand afar off. 
And so he goes down to the scripture here, and we see the suffering of Jesus Christ. We see the groaning of Jesus Christ. Psalm 102, another example and a partial companion to Psalm 38 as well as to Psalm 6. But in Psalm 102, in verse 5, the word of God tells us this. By reason of the voice of my groaning, my bones cleave to my skin. So we see in his flesh, he's suffering. He is bodily suffering. His flesh is bearing the brunt of man's aggression, the brunt of man's affliction, the brunt of man's anger, and men are afflicting our Savior. And so he says, by reason of the voice of my groaning, my bones cleave to my skin. And he says, I am like a pelican of the wilderness, I'm like an owl of the desert. I watch and am as a sparrow alone upon the housetop. He's by himself. He's isolated. He's desolate. He's without help. He's without hope. He said in verse 8, my enemies reproach me all the day, and they that are mad against me are sworn against me. But the word of God goes on. He tells us in verse 16, when the Lord shall build up Zion, he shall appear in his glory. He will regard the prayer of the destitute and not despise their prayer. This shall be written for the generation to come, and the people which shall be created shall praise the Lord. For he hath looked down from the height of his sanctuary. From heaven did the Lord behold the earth to hear the groaning of the prisoner, to loose those that are appointed to death, to declare the name of the Lord in Zion and his praise in Jerusalem, when the people are gathered together and the kingdoms to serve the Lord. And so we see here a messianic psalm of Christ on earth, and then we see a messianic psalm of the return of Jesus Christ. This is the mercy of God. He's heard the groaning of the prisoner. He sees the affliction of man, and he's come to help man. He's come to deliver man. He's come to redeem men that they don't have to suffer for eternity. He's heard the groaning of the prisoner. Now, in John 11, we see Jesus Christ. He's made a little lower than the angels. We see this in John chapter 11 in verse 33. There at the tomb of Lazarus, we see Jesus Christ. He therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her. He groaned in the spirit and was troubled. Why does he groan in the spirit? Because he's suffering the loss of a loved one. He's suffering the loss of one dear to him. And it's a groaning within his spirit. In verse 38, Jesus, therefore, again, groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. He's groaning in himself. He's groaning in his spirit. This is Jesus Christ. This is the person of Jesus Christ. He is touched with our infirmities. Hebrews 4.15 says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted, like as we are, yet without sin. Here he's touched with the death of Lazarus. Here he's touched with the suffering of the Jews. Here he's touched with the suffering of Lazarus' sisters, the tears of Lazarus' sisters. They've had an effect upon Jesus Christ, and he's groaning. We saw again in our text, in Psalm chapter 6, Jesus Christ being prophesied of, he's weary with my groanings. All the night make I my bed to swim. I water my couch with my tears. 
It's a point in time when Jesus Christ becomes weary with that groaning. Can I say to you, this earth is weary with her groaning. You and I are that are too in love with this world to groan. I don't understand, but the saints of God that have gone without, the saints of God that have suffered, the saints of God that are dealing with afflictions daily, they're groaning for relief. They're groaning for redemption. They're groaning for just a little bit of a, a respite from the wickedness of this world that press in. And might I say, Jesus Christ was touched with those feelings. He understands those feelings. He knows those feelings for he himself went through that groaning within himself. Bless his holy name. This week, Lord willing, tomorrow, we'll look at the tears of Jesus Christ. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord. As he cries for forgiveness and mercy, God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption calleth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed.